So, you know, we're pretty close to uh, uh, the Milwaukee suburb of Chicago, right? Pretty close. Um, their Cubs are doing great. This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with dining and food critic, effervescent Ann Christensen, and yours truly, Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. This week, we have some interesting things to talk about. We're going to talk about omakase and what that is. Ann brought me attention to this new video cooking show uh, based in my neighborhood of River West. We're going to yeah. talk about that. They have a viewing party. Um, I'm going to get a plug in there for them to have you on the show. And speaking of, uh, we also, there's a new sushi kind of restaurant opening Wamatosa from the guise of Rice and Roll, mm-hmm. right? Rice and Roll. Uh, we also have a couple items for 414 Day to talk about, Stein and Dine, and a beer cocktail workshop to round out this week edition of this bites but let me kick it off with this new video cooking show based in river west what's it all about it is uh it is a show yeah it is a cooking show but i think it's it's a lot more than a cooking show yes it's based in river west it's a youtube cooking show there's been about maybe four or five episodes so they did their first season Mm -hmm. and these episodes range from anywhere i from what i can see from like eight minutes up to maybe 15 minutes and it's about this guy that they call Chef D. That's His name is Didier Laply. He lives in River West. He's a musician. He might be an artist, too. Okay. And he has a lot of art, you know, friends from the art field, whether they're, you know, actors, um, musicians, writers, poets, things like that. And a lot of them come to visit him while he's cooking. It's mm-hmm. kind of, I, there's something really intriguing about this whole concept. So it starts out in his kitchen, and he has a theme. In River West. So, in River West, yeah. And like, for instance, one of the episodes was about Chinese New Year. So he was making this special rice dish for Chinese New Year. And so right away, you're in his kitchen and he's preparing this dish. And then oh, there's a knock at the door. Who, who, comes, who comes to the door? Well, it's his friend, blah, blah, blah. And then just as the episode is going on, I, like about 10 people have shown up. It ends up becoming this whole like gathering this woman who is of Native American descent, she and her husband actually both of Native American descent, they come. She sings a, a, a song in a Native American tongue. Wow. And they're all like kind of breaking bread over this. They're very, eating very their Chinese food. Yes. <laughs> and there's like French language spoken. There's music. There's all this imagery. There's an artist, a female artist that shows up with a painting that she did of Chef D's cat, who is also in this, in this show. So this is just one episode. And I noticed... Um, this woman, Flora Coker, who used to years ago be in Theater X, she's in this episode. Okay. I watched another episode where um, he was making stuffed grape leaves. Does he and, share the recipe while he's making it, or is he just making it? You know, it no, his, okay. he doesn't. Well, then the interesting thing about this other one that he does with the, sh- the grape leaves is his friend shows up. His friend is Turkish, and he had shared his mother's Turkish cookbook that has all of her like handwritten like mm. recipes in it. But I feel like the recipes are written in Turkish. So they're like making this, um, he's making these stuffed grape leaves and all these friends show up. And again, people are bringing stuff over. It's an interesting microcosmic look at this man's life. On May 10th is a Milwaukee kitchen. I guess the show is really called Milwaukee Kitchen with Didier Laply. Okay. Okay, that's the name of the show. It's on YouTube. There's a link to it. And on May 10th from 6 to 8, they're having a viewing party. 
and uh, and along with this, and that's going to be celebrating season one. Okay, um, and it's going to be the cast and crew. You can meet them. They're going to have like season one episodes projected on a screen at Woodland Pattern Book Center. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I didn't mention that's where it's that's where it's held. So that's um, seven twenty East Locust Woodland Pattern. Very cool place. They're going to have um, a potluck, so you can bring a dish. Um, Very there's going to be impromptu performances, and I know that Didier is a bassist, and they're going to let you kind of share your favorite kitchen stories, and it's also a fundraiser to support season two. Okay. Coming up, we still got a conversation about omakase and what that is right after this. Ooh, I can't wait. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. That was our conversation about Milwaukee Kitchen. Really cool uh, cooking show on YouTube based in River West. But right now, uh, I talked to Ann about doing this because, you know, we're pretty close to uh, uh, the Milwaukee suburb of Chicago, right? Pretty close. Um, their Cubs are doing great. <laughs> Yeah, no. So I, I, no, they're not. So I felt I felt like we should do something, make them feel better, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no. We don't um, want to put Ken on the spot on no, the spot here because no. you know how he loves his But there's, there's a lot of interesting things going on in Chicago. We yes. don't want to cover like, you know, everything in Chicago, but there's some really cuisines that you normally can't get here in Milwaukee. Um, it's a train ride away. I thought once in a while we'll do something very interesting in what's going on in Chicago. Um, not you getting, you might just find us in Chicago. Yeah, so I thought it'd be kind of fun. We're not necessarily do this every week, um, but I was just trying to find interesting cuisines, interesting things that are happening that I thought hey, it's a great getaway for a weekend or a day or uh, anniversary dinner or something like that. So uh, so we thought we thought we'd try this out. And the first one we want to do is on the thing called omakase. It's a very interesting thing. It's, it's Japanese. It like translates into "I leave it up to you," and basically, what it is it is a chef choice, uh, a kind of a um, scenario dealing with mostly fish and sushi omakase. Um, so there's there's no there's no dedicated omakase restaurant in Milwaukee, right? There's some sushi restaurants that offer chef choices per se, but dedicated omakase. Think of it as if you go to um, Esther Ev or Arden for a tasting menu, this is equivalent for sushi. This is how good it is. Um, they get their fish daily from the Japanese, that popular Japanese fish market daily. Um, the fish you probably never heard of they get. And sometimes they get like, they make their own house-made soy sauce. And the thing that most sushi restaurants here, at least that I know of, the omakases in Chicago, they all use real wasabi root. They grate it fresh. Ooh. That makes a difference. And they also have some, some of them have house-made soy sauce. Um, some of the things that you know about, before we get into the four restaurants that, are, uh, that you can try in Chicago, of course, this is not something, unless you are wealthy, this is something like a little treat, unless you go into a show or something or anniversary. This is kind of a special kind of thing to do if you're, if you're a sushi fan. So just to give you some of the things about um, omakase, some background, so again, it's chef's choice. There's no menu. You can't go there and request, hey, I want a Philly roll. There's none of that. There's no none of those fancy rolls that you see at most sushi restaurants. This is really all about quality ingredients. And the key is the rice. And if you go to, I went to one called Sugarfish, Omakase Place, kind of affordable version of it in LA. And the rice is, you taste the vinegar in the rice. It's warm. 
And another thing that most people realize, the fish is body temperature. You get to serve. It's not cold. It's another thing I've learned about proper omakase. Um, other things is you don't use chopsticks, especially in degree. You use, just it, use your fingers. Use your hands. Yeah. And a lot of people, including me, I'm uh, guilty of it, of mixing wasabi and soy sauce. You don't do that. Right. You basically, the chef, prepare the food. You eat what the chef puts in front of you. You don't want to add, you know, whatever to it. The chef has basically created this for one bite experience, and you don't want to mess that up. So these are some of the rules I've learned about omakase. A lot of restaurants offer between like 15 to 18 courses, usually single bite. And the, and the funny thing about Chicago, there were no dedicated uh, omakases over a year ago. And now there's four. There's four omakase places. Uh, and I thought I should go, uh, let's reveal some of them that you should like definitely check out. Uh, the first one is called omakase yume. Um, the price is, I think it's probably one of, one of the more affordable ones we've talked about in, in perspective, in respect. Um, it's based in the West Loop. It seats only eight people. So these places are not small. The most one, I think it seats like 10. Well, there's one that seats about 23. So before you go on, because I'm, I'm just wondering from a, just a purely like housekeeping perspective, because let's say I'm, I'm coming from Milwaukee. I want to go to this. Mm -hmm. Do they only offer this on weekends or is it every night? You have to make a reservation, I'm sure. You have to make a reservation. Because there's only eight seats. You can't just show up. No. Do you know that they offer this like... I mean, is it every night? And I like guess it depends on the one you go seatings? to. They're different okay. seatings, yeah. We'll I'll post the links to Great. all the ones we're about to talk about. So the Omakase Yume, it's um, usually you get a not ninety minute. It's a ninety minute experience. So it's a mixture of different types of fish and sushi. Um, there's uh, let's say go there. There's like there's desserts part of the course. So you might get a matcha panacata. Um, so it's very fancy. You know, it's not your typical sushi joint you think about. You can think silvery, like they talk about in the screen, like silvery iwashi, which is sardine. Like how many places serve sardine as a sushi item? Not, I've you never know. seen it. But I it's dusted with salted egg yolk powder, kind of like the thing you think you see at Esther Ave or yeah. Arden. And so they even have like harami, fluke, with pureed aged kimchi. The chef's from South Korea, so he's not even Japanese, he's Korean doing this. Um, the other place that's on here that I heard a lot about, so chef owner Otto Fon. I think I pronounced right. If I didn't, or fan, I apologize. Kyoten, located in Logan Square, seats only eight. A little more pricier than the last one I just mentioned. That's eighteen courses. Um, chef owner Otto Pan is determined to become Chicago's first Michelin star sushi chef. So that's his goal in Chicago. He's originally from Austin, so the chef. Um, there's a lot of I've seen a lot of coverage about this uh, place, Kyoten. So eight people. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like I think it has two seatings night or something like that something yeah like i'm pretty sure the reservations are booked up for a while i'm guessing but 18 dishes 18 courses wow. most of the courses are 18 single courses. yeah 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 um so one of the things he's big on is the rice the rice is very important to him so he has this apparently really special rice he used very like vinegary rice that's a uh, part of the dish the sushi because rice if, if you hear rice is very important if the rice is not there mm -hmm. your sushi is garbage probably heard that uh another one also going back to west loops called omakase takeya hope i pronounced that right that's uh 16 courses seats seven and this is kind of like this has no sign apparently it's like let's call it the description here is like a copy called this zen like hideaway tucked beneath the action of ramen takeya um okay. so it's part of an it's under this another yeah. business run mm -hmm. by the same people 
So the, the chef is a 67-year-old Hiroshimi Sasaki. Um, so his approach is a form by Kaseki, which is kind of similar. It's kind of a tasty menu, but not just sushi, but all types of cuisines and very, very formal. Um, so they're kind of cousins, Kaseki and Omakase. I guess you could call them cousins. It's the best way to describe it. Mm. Um, so he uses like, besides sushi, you might get uh, Wagyu beef. Grilled delights like black cod and large spider prawns. So it's not always sushi. Some there will be cooked dishes. Mm -hmm. There's small bites, maybe some soups or egg custards. The other uh, venue, um, the final one. Did I do all four? There's a fourth one called Mako. Yeah. And this one I heard about, I think this is the newest one. Chef BK Park, which apparently earned a reputation for innovation at the restaurant called Juno. You familiar with Juno? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I know this is open. Uh, I think it just opened. So, yeah. Recently opened back in December, um, which he calls it an avant-garde take on Japanese amakase, which I thought it's pretty much was avant-garde. But yeah, yeah, right. How much more avant-garde <laughs> did you get? So, for example, you might find uh, sake marinated eel and harame, which is fluke I mentioned before, paired with preserved Meyer lemon. Uh, the meal would also include some warm dishes like kabocha, squash roasted and chicken fats, served with king crab, miso hollandaise, and a soy-cured quail egg yolk. I got this from Chicago Magazine, your sister magazine, I guess. Is your sister? Are you, like, related? No. No? Okay. No, we're not related. Anyway, so I was just fascinated by that because I had sugar fish in L.A., and I was like, dude, I want to have that. Yeah, I'd I'd like to get this, too. I I know there's no place in Milwaukee, um, at least not yet, to offer, be a dedicated omakase place. But, again, the key is... The seafood is fresh. The menu changes daily. So you can't go there expecting, like, can I get my Philly cheese roll? You can't. No, that's not going to happen. And I, you know, I guess I put it on my wish list of if somebody could do that, have it offered here. I mean, I know it would take, you know, probably take a learning curve to get people, mm-hmm. you know, used to, to it, used to it and, and, and be willing to, to kind of support it. You know, yeah. obviously, Esther Ave, you use that as somewhat of an example. They're yeah. only open Fridays and yeah. Saturdays, and maybe that is a better, that is a good model, you mm-hmm. know, because... Because it's a, it's a similar model. It's a tasting menu, right? Yeah. You don't really decide what you no. eat, right? So you're paying for the experience of a chef providing his creativity. And maybe up here in Milwaukee, people are more likely to do that on the weekend. Yeah. And well, maybe it's a lot easier to accept the concept of Esther Ev kind of cooking, the yeah. kind of more modern American cuisine kind yeah, of cooking. Yeah, that's possible. Or what Ardent does. And right. people, the sushi aspect of like, I'm getting sushi that I don't know. Weird stuff. I don't know. Some See, and that makes be. it all the more, I mean, that's, I mean, to you and I, that makes it all the more enticing, mm-hmm. but not everyone feels that yeah. way, probably. So again, this is great for people who love sushi and really want to have a different experience with their sushi. Um, speaking of sushi, there's a new sushi joint opening up in Wamatosa. Heading mm-hmm. back, we're heading back to the Milwaukee area. Um, it's coming from the guys behind Rice and Roll, right? Yeah, they've been working on this for a while. They're going to call it Kin, and um, it's 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 going to be located on the first floor of the State Street Station apartments that are on Seventy Fourth and State, and. Um, it is, uh, it's going to, I guess it's going to allow, the, the size of the restaurant is going to allow the, the chef to be able to offer different fish seasonally. I guess that, off, I mean, that's a bit mm-hmm. of a difference from, from rice and roll. That, that is not something that they do. So seasonal fish 
and Thai street food as well. Yeah. Um, our, our I'm curious what that is. For that no, menu. They haven't have released any kind no. of... No, and um, it, it sounds to me like it, it it's tentative. I mean, the opening is tentative for mid-April. I've been hearing about and in, in being in, in, you know, in conversation with the owners of Rice and Roll to see how things were going with mm-hmm. it, and it's been sort of... You know, they've been kind of slow moving along, as oftentimes is the case when someone's opening a restaurant. So so hopefully, you know, this spring it'll be open maybe as early as um, this month. But it has a bigger kitchen, um, more seating than the than the east side rice and it's roll. It's a pretty big space. It's like 2,600 square feet. Yeah. And um, so it's going to be able to accommodate 80 people. There's going to be seats at a sushi bar and also have a second bar that serves beer, wine, and sake. So uh, I guess that the name kin was chosen because it sounds like the Thai word for eat and the Japanese word for gold. Mm. And then the English meaning um, of family obviously is, is very, you know, applicable here. So because the owners um, of the two restaurants um, are all related to each other. So, um, so anyway, and, and, you know, when you think of the idea of eating, you know, a meal, a gathering, you often think about being with your, familiars yeah. your family so yeah. anyway i've been i've been really waiting for this one to open so that's that's kind of an exciting one it just happens to fall after we talk about omakase which is not going to be part of this place much as we wish could be. but who knows maybe they, somewhere down the line they said they're doing seasonal fish yeah so maybe that's something they have planned in the future but um Next up, it is uh, 414 Day this weekend. Happy 414 Day, Ann. Happy 414 Day. Celebrating all things Milwaukee this coming Sunday. I know a couple of places uh, in the culinary world here are going to celebrate 414 Day, but we're going to talk about one of those is Purple Door Ice Cream. They are actually going to be celebrating both Milwaukee Day and their eighth anniversary, um, so on on Sunday, and so with all of this, you know, this excitement surrounding both of these things, they're also going to be launching a new flavor. They're calling it Purple Moon, but it is their version of Blue Moon ice cream. Which is cream. like this very Milwaukee. Is it Milwaukee or Wisconsin, Wisconsin thing? Wisconsin thing. I still thing. had it. I heard like I, it's been like compared yeah, to cotton candy. Yeah, I mean, I remember it when I was a kid going up north. Mm. They'd you'd go to a little ice cream parlor corner place. For a scoop, and they would almost always have blue moon, and it would be this really bright shade of blue. <laughs> and some people, yeah, it's cotton candy. I've heard people say like Fruit Loops or like bubble gum flavor. Mm. I, to me, it's it's not a, it's not a flavor I love, but kids love it. I love and those. M- my nephews were really into it when they were really little, and it makes your tongue really right. blue too. But um, so but you know, un- until now, Purple Door didn't have their version. No, so now they're they're going to release this flavor. Pretty exciting for them. So it's going to be launched on four one four day. This is a great reason, really, to go stop into Purple Door. Um, their location down in Walker's Point on Second Street. Um, but they also have a location in um, the Sherman Phoenix as well. So yep. they're going to have a couple promotions going on on 414 Day. You can get a free mini cone of Purple Moon ice cream on 414 Day. Um, yes? Yeah. Were you going to say something? Okay. No, I was going to, I mean, another thing to sidetrack is like, someone should do like, maybe you should do like the, the story behind the Blue creation Moon. of this. You know, that's interesting you mention it. Um, about a year ago, I did a story called Eat Like a Wisconsinite, mm-hmm. and it had all these different foods that are that are Wisconsin is known for, that we, ju- you know, like everything from fish fry to frozen yeah. custard. Um, 
And one of the little piece in there was on Blue Moon and how um, there's like this story that someone who was a flavor expert came up with this and the idea of the color and the flavor coming together. But it's somewhat disputed, like it could have been created by someone Mm -hmm. who worked like a scientist who worked at a company here in Wisconsin or maybe not. But it goes back, you know, kind of decades, maybe back to the 40s or 50s, something like that. But it, it's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Now, to tell you a little bit more about the Purple Moon flavor, it uh, apparently has hints of almond and citrus. Hmm. That, you know, you get those flavors, which let me tell you, I think in Blue Moon, I, those are not things that, I think it's so strongly like a candy yeah. flavor that it's hard to get, I mean, something that really tastes like real food, <laughs> you know? But also, this one uh, is free of artificial colors and flavorings. And, so no, and it's no purple. Tongue, no tongue colors. No. Well, I, it's purple, though. Maybe, okay. you know, but that may not come from an artificial, an ar- artificial coloring. Well, they said it comes um, from a blend of raspberries and blueberries, the color. Yummy. Yeah, so all natural. Good for the kids. Yeah, and, you know, um, I think they have, they have this great, like, um, you know, they are, they're always switching up their flavors. I feel like they have like a blueberry cobbler flavor that's really good at Purple Door. I don't know. I, I like their ice cream. Mm. Um, and I like, I'm, I'm I pretty, like their different flavors. For ice cream, I'm pretty, as far as like other foods, I'm like open, try different things. But my ice cream is. Don't tell me it's just vanilla for no. you. No. Oh, no. No. It's very limited. Like when it comes to Purple Door, it's either like the salted caramel or the whiskey. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't go more. I see the flavors and I'm like, I've had other flavors, but yeah. there's like. They did that so well, right? Yeah. And I'm like, for a person like me, you think I'd be like all over the place. But like, I've had their pecan. I had their, you know, old fashioned. I had different flavors. But I always go back to either the salt. Salted salt caramel is really good. Or the whiskey. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're all good. It's just those are like, if I want to feel good. You know, like, you like them. They appeal to you. So you're going to get yeah. those. And yeah. that's not my nature. That's the funny thing when it comes to food. Yeah. I always go back to the same thing. But when it comes to ice cream, I'm pretty. Yeah. Like when I grow home, I get rum raisin. Rum raisin is my thing. My mom and I love rum raisin. So Do you get like, it from a certain ice cream parlor? No, she just buys in a store down there. It's a big. It's a. I guess a southern thing. I guess because I was. I was just gonna say. I don't know if you can really find that. Hagen Dazs. Hagen Dazs have a, a rum raisin flavor you can get up here. I think Hagen Dazs is the only one that makes a rum raisin flavor. But do you widely? Is it widely available? Because if yeah, I you feel go downtown. Like so it's it. like oh, you see it. Down south. So, there? like, the, the south flavors, oh. so it's rum raisin, and then the other flavor my mom got me hooked on in the south is black walnut. Okay, which I haven't seen up here. I can't find that. Like, black walnut, that flavor is so... But rum raisin you found up here. Yeah, Haggadahs, oh. the Haggadahs and pints. Purple Door might have made a limited edition of it, maybe, at one point. I could be wrong. I feel like they did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've been around eight years, so... So, yeah, so those are my flavors when I go home. Black walnut, rum raisin, up here, okay. Purple Door, salted, caramel, and whiskey. Anyway, that's... um. 414 Day. Another thing happened at 414 Day this Sunday involves Great Lakes Distillery. They're releasing something special for 414 Day. What are they releasing? Yeah, they're releasing a coffee liqueur. Um, so that's uh, from 1 to 5 p.m. Um, they're calling it, I guess, a Milwaukee Day Party. Uh, and that's going to be right there at Great Lakes Distillery in Walker's Point. This liqueur uses Valentine coffee. So... Um, they're going to be offering free samples of it and special coffee cocktails um, on Sunday as well. So um, have they, you know, to your knowledge, have they done other like 
uh, coffee liqueurs like that? I don't think they have. No. Uh, <clears throat> I'm intrigued by this. So the side note here, Foundation Tiki Bar makes their own coffee liquor. Oh. I think they might use, don't quote me, hope I don't get in trouble. I think they might use Valentine. I think that's what he said. They make their own coffee liquor for their couple of their cocktails. I know I've had it just by itself. It's really, really good. I, I could just drink that straight, which is probably not good for you, but. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Interesting. No, I think it's, it just sounds re- really interesting. Um, so, yeah, so there's going to be that, um, you know, pretty interesting um, new liqueur. Also note that um, they are finishing up their gin and tonic week, Great Lakes Distillery, mm-hmm. which they've been celebrating since April 7th. This goes until tomorrow, Saturday. Um, so they've been doing special cocktails um, that combine their gins mm. and... Um, Top Note Tonic Sparkling Mixers. Cool. Take advantage of um, Gin and Tonic Week and or try this coffee liqueur release because, wow, you know, coffee liqueur, why not? I gave up coffee, though, Tariq. So you now it's like especially appealing to me. Yeah, didn't I tell you that? I mean, it's the whole caffeine thing. And lot. I'm telling you, decaf just does not cut it. There's no, no decaf that really... But I mean, if you like the flavor of coffee, which I really do, there really isn't a... Um, uh, a decaf coffee that has much body or, or flavor to it, yeah, I think. We got to convert you back. We'll take care of you. Well, we'll see about that. Oh, they're moving their production company to... To Wa- Occupy Brewing, right. Is that Madison? I think it's in Wanakee. Wanakee. There we go. I thought it was outside Madison. Okay. Wanakee is just outside Madison. Okay. And so the production is going to go... They're partnering um, with Occupy Brewing. Cool. It's coming up, uh, the annual event that Shepherd Express puts on, Stein and Dine. Yeah, uh, Stein and Dine. So it, that's basically kind of a beer it's thing. It's a beer and food thing, exactly. Yeah. And um, where is it? Is that the State It's State Fair, Fair Park Expo Center. Yeah. It's tomorrow from uh, 1 to 6. And, um, yeah, they got a lot, like dozens of breweries, cideries, and winer- wineries and distilleries. Um, so, yeah, and I did say winery, so it's not just beer. Um, and... Um, there's a list of foods that you can expect. I'm going to name a few of those. If you want to see the the different kinds of or the different breweries that are going to be there, I mean, literally, there's probably 50 different ones, wow. if not more. Um, so foods, Balustrari Brothers Pizza, um, Anytime Arepas, uh, Famous Dave's Barbecue, Lush Popcorn, uh, Miller Baking Company is going to be there with their Pretzilla Soft Pretzels, Milwaukee Brothouse, um, there's going to be the Radizio Grill, Usinger's Sausage. Um, I got to say this because I, I really love the name, Nothing Bunt Cakes. So it's a company. Now, it is a franchise. It's a, it's a big company, national company that has locations here. All they What they specialize in, all they make are bunt cakes. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's a mis- mix of a lot of different like snack or beer-friendly type foods. Um, again, lots of different uh, drinks and foods available, and that is uh, tomorrow, Saturday, from one to six. So, you like? <clears throat> excuse me. You like big bunts? I like lie. big bunts, and I cannot lie. <laughs> yeah, you were waiting to throw that in there. Surprised you make me it. do like the actual, you know, description <laughs> part here while you're sitting there, like. What kind of pun can I come up with in the well, next ten seconds? You're very good at the description part. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the straight I'm, man. You know, you're the verbose creative. Verbose artist. is the yeah, yeah. verbose. You know yeah. what that means, right? Gabby. <laughs> it, most, it means chatty. You, you have a very creative use of the language. <laughs> 
Thanks, Tariq. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And sticking on a beer tip, we're going to close out this week with a beer cocktail workshop on April 13th. This is going to be at um, the Bitter Cube Bar and Bazaar, and they're teaming up with Venture Brewing. Um, so this is a 60-minute workshop, and they will explore the world of cocktails using beer as the main ingredient. So more than a beer to- beer mosa, I'm assuming, which are good. Beer mosas are good. The weekend's also launch of a beer Venture Brewing created based on a cocktail called The Kid. And they will discuss the process as well, offer suggestions, demonstrate various cocktail concepts with different styles of beer. So if you want to learn something to impress your friends and families, um, uh, Bitter Cube, Bar and Bazaars, they're going to be doing a lot of these. They have one coming up with, um, dealing with Prince. Yeah. On the following week. We'll get into that next week. Yeah, sounds sure. good. So also the workshop includes two beer cocktail tastings, so you won't go empty-handed or empty belly. You won't go sober either. No, so doesn't need a driver. <laughs> Uber. So that's this week's edition of This Bites. Uh, this Bites is produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted signing inspiration comes from the Licensed Lab with support from Society Insurance and, of course, your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, next week is Malorton Tonic Week. So as always, (laughs) stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold. Cool.